language in this show may be too harsh for young listeners. In other words, we still struggling with our cussing. Welcome to Psycho Music Lyricology, a podcast where music reaches the mind and lyrics touch the soul. I am one of your co-hosts, Sheldon Moss, along with the great debater, Michael Nelson. Sup? And the professor, Maurice Moss. What's up with it, cuz? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Hey, man, we are number five. That's all I can say. Number five. It keeps getting better and better. We gonna, we, we gonna count each one. Or <laughs> oh, we just gonna, we just gonna work and do them. <laughs> I like counting. Let's let's do the Sesame Street route for first and just keep counting. So you know that way that way uh, people understand how serious we are about what it is that we are doing here today. All right, we Facebook live and right now. So oh okay oh okay we're we gonna we're gonna be live for a minute. Okay cool. Hey, but you uh, get <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, as we always start to show off with what we have been vibing on, um, Maurice, mm-hmm. you always come with something new. I know you always keep something in your library of music. Uh, yeah, uh, you caught me off guard with this one, but um, I think on the last episode I talked about um, DJ uh, Khaled and how uh, he kind of surprised me with with his album. Um, one of the things that kind of gets me into new music are the um, the the streaming sites, the Spotify and the titles, because they they uh, they give you songs based on whatever algorithm or whatever. So one of their one of their mixes they created for me based on the songs that I pick uh, brought up this uh, DJ. I think I don't know if you would call him a DJ or not, but he's Katronada. And he has this song uh, with Craig David. Uh, you remember Craig David back in the, back yeah. the day? I actually use, uh, when I DJ, I actually use a lot of his remixes. Okay, yeah, okay, so. okay. He got a cut with uh, Kay Trinata and Craig David that I just kind of like, wow. I, I It just keeps me, like, that's the beat on it. You just kind of in the pocket and it, it works and it's a, it's a good song. So... Uh, that that's one that I'm listening to. Also, uh, uh, this cat that he's been out for a while, but um, I only really, really, really got into him recently, and that's uh, Molly Music. M A L I Molly, yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's he's got a song out, or his last album is is really really good. I don't know how recent it is. I think it came out this year. Uh, but it's a good album. Uh, he's got uh, some really, really good songs on it. He's got a cut called My Life that I just kind of do on repeat. That it's, it's, a, it's a really, really, really good song. Uh, so those are kind of two of the cats that I listen to, that I'm listening to right now. But I'm listening to everything. Yeah, DJing a uh, wedding reception real soon. And he has a song that... Uh, I found I can't remember the name of it now, but it was for it's going to be for that uh, wedding reception because the uh, person. uh, I don't know. 
Beautiful. It's called Beautiful. It's on an album called Molly Is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's uh he's he 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 is uh truthfully a really good good artist and I dig him. I like him, bit. man. Yeah. I like him. He's good. He's mm-hmm. good. Good good cat. Well, I'm gonna tell y'all what I've been listening to. I'm gonna blow your brains with this one. <laughs> and of course, you know, for the fifth <laughs> for the fourth time, Devin the dude, right? <laughs> But Devin the dude, I was listening to this, to this today. Devin gonna have to write us a check, hey, man. <laughs> uh, and he's actually he's actually on the song, right? So, you know, I'm just sitting up here thinking about you know how these men go crazy sometimes, right? <laughs> so I pulled up Jay Z and R. Kelly, the power of that that thing, and what? the next thing I know. Devin the dude wait, is on the wait, track. Wait, wait, wait. How, how did you get to? Let's. I don't. You made a leap. Is that there. the name of the song? <laughs> yes, the power of the that word. Okay, okay. I'm, I guess I'm not familiar. <laughs> yeah, you need to check it back. Oh, Devin, Devin comes on. Oh, he's he, oh he's he, sing, he, and he's rapping on the record. He's, he's on the actual song. Okay, okay. And man, you know me and my brother in law was talking today, so I'm not gonna tell you what we talking about. <laughs> But <laughs> I was gonna say and maybe I you said, should have curated your conversation said, so we could. <laughs> and I said, so would have so many blanks in it. And I said, but they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. So I, I'm just sitting up there. I was like, "You show like, right." We got a disclaimer. You can cuss. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say. I want to say that word. Uh, so I said, "Man, you know what? I, I got a song for you." So I popped it all right. He said, "Uh." <laughs> That word is a whole different aspect of life. Wars done started from country to country over they women. That is one of the most powerful things in the world. And a lot of people don't understand how powerful that is. That's definitely do. That's my two cents. And that's what I was vibing on today. And how you gonna not know how powerful it is? Yeah, I, I he say from country to country over they women, <laughs> and a lot of people don't tripping? understand how powerful. <laughs> I um, like the fact that you, you know, you you really you really trying to educate us here today. Yeah, you try, yeah, yeah, no, he yeah, said yeah. they trying to drop well, some knowledge. Yeah, yeah. in <laughs> educating us in censorship. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> So the young listeners, the young listeners can it's understand. I think people have to be here to figure out the really, really <laughs> how funny that one really, really is. Because I'm kind of in tears behind that one, but it's on Facebook Live. <laughs> and what he say? We uh, He say, "Uh, blow they brains out, they brains out, make you do things they never would think they do." Michael, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's Isn't bring let's bring it back. Thing, bring it back. Bring it that back. That thing. Uh, I've been listening to also. Um, I've been you know digging on. I've been been looking for new jazz really. Um, so, uh, you know it's it's easy to listen to classical jazz because it's a lot of it out there. So, uh, I found this cat called named called. He has a name, and it's not. It's, his name is Kamasi. I guess I'm pronouncing it right. K M A S I Kamasi Washington. He's from L A. 
and he does this kind of uh, West Coast jazz bebop thing that he kind of infused. He's a part of a collective too, right? Yeah, I think he like down with Thundercat and all of those dudes. You know, Thundercat is the uh, bass player. player. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And I've been I've been kind of digging on his music lately. And the thing that I like is he is kind of from that uh, uh, that West Coast jazz. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, He's from that that root. He's on the he's he's on that vine from that root, so it's real kind of vibe music, and it's like these long compositions. And uh, I think the song is called Truth. I think that's the one I've been listening to. This is a, a lot. this is a new album because I listened to his first album. <sighs> I don't know what album that's on actually, uh, uh, but uh, you know he's played sax. But you know he's uh, he's he's down with a lot of cats. Like he played on the Pimp a Butterfly album with Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know Flying Lotus. Uh, so he's into that whole hip hop thing, and then he's into that ambient soul thing, and then you know he's just done. You know, he's just from that right, era, right, and the right, thing right. that's beautiful about him is, uh, or the thing that I find really good, cool about him is he's kind of from that Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock line where, uh, you know, he plays classical jazz, but he can do some other stuff, mm-hmm. and then he can do a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, is, and so all of his, so when he does things for himself, it informs all of that other stuff. And it encompasses all of that other music, so it's pretty cool, actually. So it's uh, it's uh, that's that's been a lot of fun, uh, listening to uh, Kamasi. Okay. Cool. Uh, right on. Uh, so it's something I'm kind of kind of uh, looking looking to get into uh, more of his music. Um, uh, he's one of those uh, young lions that finally, probably, he's probably been around a lot longer than I've known him. Yeah. You know, but or that I've been aware of him, uh, but I like his music. And you know, shout out to Title because yeah. though I had heard of Kamasi, <laughs> I hadn't run across his music that often until I, I, uh, and you know, a it lot popped of, up on Title for a me. lot of artists are kind of having problems with Title these days. So even though really the users are are really liking them, but a lot of the artists are like, "Yo, you're streaming my music, but I'm not getting." Any I'm not getting the due, or you're streaming it early, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know there was a uh, an article recently about Tyler the Creator, who has a new album coming out, and he he kind of had a few words about title and the way that they were uh, handling his his music, and maybe he wasn't getting credit for all of the streaming that was done on it. So, oh wow! I know we we shout I shout out title. I like title from a musical standpoint because to me. It feels like the music is actually I don't I'm, I I don't know if they're using an algorithm or not I'm sure that they are on some level but it sound it feels like there's more of a human hand in in the way that you uh, the music is accessed and cataloged or whatever and according to some of them that human hand is taking their money and putting it in their pockets. right yeah. right right but so. you know that's I, I'm not indicting title yeah but you know what. What musician isn't saying that about any of the streaming services right, right now? Right. So. Or any record label for that matter. Right. Yeah. So that's that's always a concern you for know. a lot of yeah. the artists here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should ask when we do have an artist on here what mm-hmm. they think about stream because I mean for the listener, it, it's it's a it's a win win for Very me. Very much so because you know I don't I don't 
buy music like I used to. Right. You know, uh, you're not in the record store just filing through those because yeah, for I mean, one thing, there's not a record store around the corner anymore. True that. So and, you know, and yeah, you know, we used to hit uh, the 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 store on New Music Tuesday, right? On the strength of the artist or the strength of somebody else saying something, right? And you might go buy a record and you just be like, eh. but now. I can listen to it on title first and right. decide if it's worth right. the purchase, you know. Right. And we we heard new artists in the record store because, you know, sometimes the person that was working there was saying, "Hey, check this out." In the real rec- in right. a real record right. store, right? Right. But, you know, these, I remember us being big- in the record store and uh uh Sherilyn, shout out to Sherilyn Morris, was working at Sound Warehouse and was telling us about Mariah Carey. Sherry with the stingy stingy with a discount. Sherry. <laughs> 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 But I mean, that she was like, "Listen to this, check this out," and that was like, if you can believe when Mariah Carey was a new artist, that's how long ago. that that's that is true. About. She did, she did, yeah. but wow. she didn't give us a discount. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's for damn sure. We didn't get a discount on it. <laughs> okay, well, maybe that shout out didn't. That shout out took a turn. You should have kept that one to yourself. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> but Mike, 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 now you, you, we talking about Sound Warehouse, and we, you know, hey, we going, we going straight to Sound Warehouse on this one with these record labels. You man. need to reclaim your time. You ain't talked about what you advised. I, I, t- I, I told did you, he? Did no. I told oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I you told did. you what yeah, I had yeah, been to. He was talking about the power of. of oh yeah, 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 yeah. How did I forget that? You were Facebook <laughs> living at the moment, so you wasn't. You didn't get a grasp of everything hell? that I was saying. <laughs> I'm not drinking that much, so how in the hell could I have missed that? That's what I I, I mean. That that is exactly what I was listening to today. Okay, never mind. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. (laughs) Shout out to Maxine Waters. Maxine. 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 So, yeah, we've been talking about. you know, just just as a uh, uh, just as a, one of the subjects that we are really interested in, you know, being that this is a uh, podcast about music, you know, uh, we were talking about record labels and how record labels are uh, one of the, one of the things that came up is is that. Uh, recently in a conversation uh, especially about Jay-Z and 444 right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were talking about uh, the uh, and I guess just now since we were talking about streaming music about how uh, record labels have uh, been an important important uh, uh, repository so to speak for uh, certain genres of music you know uh, they curated the record label itself curated uh, music for us mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on you know what they uh, <coughs> what they decided that was special to them or specialized in and so uh, I, which, I, I which made more which was more of a, a a pivotal thing when the record label I don't know I mean and this is arguable arguable point that uh the record label had was closer to the music and maybe at one point in time. And so the reason, I mean, a lot of the stuff now is cookie cutter is because people are looking at, you know, these templates for music, whereas, you know, maybe you had an artist 
label amalgam before yeah where, i mean because now it feels more business oriented yeah, and yeah. marketing people are heads of record record labels versus uh musicians or music people and maybe it's like that that was always the thing and maybe there's just more of that Maybe. Now yeah. than there was before, or even I'm the sure. people that were running the show, the show back then, they had a love for the music right. first, right? Right. Opposed to, I mean, you yeah. you had you had a love for instead it. of a love for the business, business. Right. exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. But so I, I, I did a little history, a uh, little research on the history of record labels, and learned that in 1887, the American Graphophone Company was uh, uh, really the first record label in existence. And that American Graphophone Company later became uh, Columbia Records. So Columbia Records, for all intents and purposes, is the oldest record label out there right now. And, you know, they're still in business. And... uh, uh, at, at, as a label and as a distributor. So, you know, the whole thing, you know, we can talk about the evolution of what has happened with record labels, but that is, well, with regard to them being a label and then, you know, distribution. Correct. That's probably a whole conversation in music business yeah. on its own. But, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, but uh, there have been some very, very important record labels uh, curating music for us and so I got a quick question just a quick question while we get ready to talk about it what's the first and I would be shocked if I didn't know the answer but what is the first record label that you are aware of not not you know like you said you know oh this is what a record label is but you were aware of the first record label <laughs> that you were aware of Motown yeah yeah Motown yeah. Motown and that that would have been my guess yeah. it would have yeah. absolutely been my guess you know yeah. and i don't know that when i first heard of motown i thought of it as a record label as much as of a collective but that's what i mean by record labels became curators uh-huh. a certain you mm-hmm. know genres of music so motown came on the scene uh, Hitsville, Motown, Gordy, Tamla, that whole record collective. And they basically shaped the 60s. Mm-hmm. They basically shaped everything related to soul, R&B. They and, and not only with mainstream hit music, but well into the 70s and 80s, they had some critically acclaimed albums. Like one of the things we have, we've never talked about it, but uh, Hear My Dear by Marvin Gaye is uh, just an album that we can just kind of like <laughs> track by track have a Do conversation. A yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, we we can they they did a, they did a lot of things for music from a representation a representation standpoint. With okay, we have these artists, black people, people of color out here, but they also created this whole soundscape. Right, cause and, and they had a diverse audience, and that's what they and were actually they had going, a mainstream going feel, for. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you yeah. know, we we did a show on bands, uh, and uh, uh, though they never really had a name, no, they had a house they had band. They had an album. They yeah. had a house band. Yeah. It was right. called the Funk Brothers. Right, right. And they actually ended up on my list of 
bands. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, okay. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, they curated, I mean, uh, uh, Jameson, the bass player from, I guess, his most famous bass line that most people would recognize is from Marvin Gaye. Uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, his that him, you know. Uh, there aren't many bass players uh, that came from the '60s, '70s in that era who don't lay some uh, some of their uh, highest praise mm-hmm. and most respect on what he <coughs> was able to do as a musician. So right. that means that you know, for you know. Uh, not not only did they curate the music, they basically created it. Mm-hmm. You know, it all came from right. one place. Yeah. Right. So Motown is a, a an incredibly, extremely, probably one of the most. I would I would almost say that it's probably the one of the most important labels in music history. I mean, and they continue to <laughs> yeah. they continue even into the recent history to give us artists like Erica Badu. And then the Mo Jazz. Yeah, they did the Mo Jazz. They did the Mo Jazz label. I yeah. think Norman Brown, Brown came was on. from yeah. that. I mean and, and by and by the later years they were more of an imprint than a collective that was managed right, by a group right, of people. Right. But I mean it was still Motown and right, it still had right. this brand that was attached to it that And and that's a that's a that's a vital uh distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that from from an imprint versus uh, a collective, because you know we can talk about collectives like Motown, like Stax, like uh, Philadelphia International. Mm-hmm. So you got these that were like you know like curators of sound in a particular area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and 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 generating this whole vibe from right. that from right. that. Versus just an imprint that's like, you know, and, and we have some modern definitions of uh, or some modern examples of uh, curators from like uh, 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 and we're probably skipping over a lot of things by going this far right now. But you got things like so, so deaf, which was really a cura- a curated uh, to me, more of a curated thing to even like. What you have now that a lot of people are even talking about today, Drake's OVO, which I don't know how you would even describe that because I don't know that Drake is grooming people. And that would be a really, really good. It's about self for him. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, I think that's a good, good point to argue because Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, recently heard a discussion or debate about whether or not it's a good idea to sign to OVO because if Drake likes one of your songs, it doesn't mean that Drake is going to allow you to get out there with that song. It means that that song might end up on a Drake album with you being featured (laughs) instead of, you know, so, you know, so it's a good discussion about, I mean, how are these artists who Uh, like Lil Wayne is just going to put you out there and we all going to get paid. Well, you know, I don't don't know what, you know, I don't know what goes on with him either. I mean, if you go back, I mean, (laughs) I think uh, Drake was Drake was with uh, Lil Wayne at one point. Right. So, you know, what happened? I think he probably still is on that label. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with, you know, because, you know, that's the thing now, you know, you you get put on and you you sign a deal. deal. And Mm -hmm. so 
and and it's probably more business thing than anything else is right you signed over all your rights so you need somebody else's rights to finance whatever it and is and that's that a constant is. that's a constant refrain that i hear when i hear artists and i don't hear what you're talking about when we talk about Motown as this collective that brings people in and all of the documentaries and movies or whatever that I've seen about Motown is they were showing people how to dress, how to talk, how to carry themselves with the press. And then we're going to talk about the music in addition to that and the sound that fits you and all of that stuff. And maybe that was a good thing and maybe that was a bad thing because maybe they weren't necessarily capturing who you were as a person but you were g- coming out there as a finished, complete artist instead of kind of what some, I don't know. So what some of the folks Well, out. you know, you never heard anything from, I mean, I haven't heard. Uh, their money was always right. That's yeah, not true. Yeah, but, you know, that's I ain't not, never heard yeah, of it. But, no, they were. You know, oh, they were crooked, too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's always a thing I, with labels. I, I, yeah, and I yeah. think that's the found, some of the foundation It's a of, good discussion to have about yeah, labels. I mean, because that's, that's some of the foundation of, I mean, th- th- in the end, they're taking all the risk anyway, right? So they're paying for all the studio time. They're paying for all the whatever. So in their minds is you working for me, and it's just like any other uh, business right. corporation, the owners are going to receive the the, of the lion's share. The, yeah, exactly. And and regardless if it's your creative work product or not, because uh, I'm sure Bill Gates doesn't create all of the things that microsite is. Mm-hmm. So you know, some of those programmers, some of come those up programmers, with oh, yeah, 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 they're going to yeah, come yeah. up with things that yeah. are part of the microsite, microsite. And that's that's his intellectual property. Exactly. That's so, his property. Yeah. So, and I understand that as far as But when you get into owner, artistic I'm going to get I'm going to get paid, but you know, I'm going to if I'm the owner, of course, I'm going to get mine. But in the end, I just felt I just think that they didn't feel like they were cheated in a sense. Until they were no longer superstars Relevant. and they didn't have anything to show for it. That's the right. Role. Right. So and that's, that's where money management yeah. comes in at. But, you oh, know, yeah. But, nother. you know, that's, so that's our, another thing. So our label conversation is going in a totally <laughs> different. I like the direction that it's going into, but it's that's not what I thought we were. Well, I mean, 100 percent. But this that is was to a, me. For me, this is the conversation to have when you're talking about labels because it's a business. Absolutely. And if you go into it like I'm a creative and I just want to speak my truth and la, 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 la. (laughs) You're going to be a truthful, broke person. (laughs) You need to go into this saying I'm a creative. This is a business. And I'm creating some dope ass shit. But I also need to understand how this business works and I need to understand this business model. And learn how to make this business model work for me before I go into this business. Not three albums later or not two albums later and then get on a behind the music and talk about how somebody told did me wrong. Exactly. You know what? And that that, <laughs> that brings me to a, one of the, the interesting things I found in doing some research. There was a label started in the 1950s called VJ Records. Mm-hmm. VJ Records was list. a, yeah. And VJ Records was an R&B label started by black people, to a couple of black people. VJ Records broke the Beatles. I see that. And I saw that I was going, whoa. And I was okay. like, wait, what? And then I had to, I had, they, were, they were one of the first African-American-owned record companies. They broke Lil Richard. They broke Jerry Butler. They broke the Dells. Uh, they broke uh, Eddie Harris, which is the dude who made me pick up a saxophone. 
and they broke the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And oh, and you know they had the Staple Singers as well. Right, they were right. one of the yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staple Singers were one of the first people on their label. But so I I started like going and trying to find out because you know what you know what I what I thought you know where I was going <laughs> immediately was all right. So the Beatles hit. They blew up. White people like the Beatles and the black folks on. So the white folks went to him and said, you know, that's that's and, that's and, immediately and where I went yeah. and hijacked yeah. him and said, oh, y'all don't need to be over there. Let's leave EJ records alone. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know if the story is true or not, but I went through and looked for some information as to how in the world did an African-American company end up with the biggest band in the world and then for their debut album and then nothing else yeah. Happened for that record for label, that for record the, label for the for the Beatles, for the Beatles. yeah and and then so a whole lot of stuff started coming up in my head because you know uh, Little Richard has always said that uh, the Beatles stole his sound mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's all, right. and Little Richard was on VJ Records right. he was on yeah, that record yeah, label yeah. so you know now all of this stuff is starting to kind of make sense in 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 one way. But then it is one of those cautionary tales. I don't know all the details. I found some, but I would really rather talk to somebody who was actually there. But it became this whole thing about VJ Records didn't have any money, and they basically unloaded the Beatles. No, because they, the they couldn't finance the they future records. Continue to finance them. So, uh, you know, who 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 really knows? The truth about that, but the people who were at VJ at the time. That, so. That's that's always that's always a discussion with artists and labels. There's always this my side of the story and your side of the story, but and and I have compassion or I feel some empathy with them, especially for the artists back in you know the 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 twenties the third. Well, let me just say. An artist, an artist during the internet age, has access to all of the information that you need, right, in order to understand the business it's that you're a, going yep, into, yep. the the outlets where your where your music might be heard, and how to create a business structure that will benefit you. And if you don't listen to four four four, you're right, right. You know, I mean, there's a there's a blueprint. <laughs> Another Jay-Z rep. There's a blueprint <laughs> for, you know, this is how you, you know. So, uh, you know, this whole refrain about people and the labels, you know, that that's the thing to me. Uh, you know the deal. You know the deal. And, here, and here, here's an example. Uh, See it at the table. Solange's album. All of these interludes. One of the people, one of the persons who is, who is, uh, Featured in a lot of those interludes is No Limit Records, um, Master P. And he talks about how they came to him and offered him this money. And he said to himself, if they're offering me this amount, I must be worth this, this amount. amount. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you have to have some self-worth and you have to be like have some knowledge of self when you go into something like this and say, Okay, this is my art. This is my art. This is my truth. This is what I'm doing, but I'm also I also have to arm myself with information. And uh, that's one of the record labels that I was going to bring up is No Limit Records. Records. 
and i rem- and 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 because of that conversation and it would seem to me it would seem to me that that should have been the foundation of how everybody dealt with record companies at that point because i remember the conversation no limit went jive records came to no limit and uh if i if i if if i have this right um and i you know forgive me if i if i'm i'm looking at the, if i if i don't remember it uh verbatim but i think it was jive records that that that, that no limit uh distributed through that's where mm-hmm, their imprint mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. on jive records right. and jive records came to master p and said here's what we want to do and master p said i don't want any upfront money he said what he said here's I what i want you to do i don't need any of that recouping he dollars said, that you're so, going to take back yeah, later he said, this right, is, right, after right, all right. of this he said so the the normal record deal at that time was the the record label uh took 85 percent mm-hmm. and the uh the artist took 15%. And Master P said, you know what? I don't want your money. Let's flip the deal. Mm-hmm. Let me you, get you 15%. You take the 15%, I take the 85%. And Jive was like, bet. They were like, all right, cool. Because they thought at no point was cash money. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> no limit. They didn't was think nobody was large. going, uh, Yeah. They nah, didn't nah, think. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> They didn't think he could be large enough, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that I thought that when you said that is is that as a creative, as a creative, what what is your stuff worth to you? You gotta have some self worth, right? You gotta believe in your own art, and then you know, like you know, Eric said, I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my shit. You gotta have some some belief in whatever it is you're doing, not to sell yourself out to that. Right. That whole thing, right. you right. know, that whole, you know, we can we can talk about all the, you know. Uh, but it's hard, though, when you when you see and this is another, you know, when you see all of the trappings of, you know, fame and you 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 see, oh, I can I can I can come up. I can eat. I can live where I want to live. And these artists are not there. A lot of them are not telling you, you know, what has to happen in order to get to the point where you can where you can ball like they balling and you somebody has to somebody has to be the person who who reigns these people in and kind of this is this is the direction that you take this is how this works which goes back to me to the original kind of definition that you were talking about of these collectives that were grooming these people because mm-hmm. you know they were kind of you know at the end of the day they were still, you know, they were they were kind of teaching you how to move around in the world. And I don't know that they were giving you all the tools that you needed, but that that particular type of 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 approach to an artist, to me, and I don't know that it's been done correctly yet, is the one that you need to take in order to be a label and stay a viable label with and, an artist. And back down that rabbit hole we went. went. Yeah. <laughs> now let's come Cause back. Because <laughs> yeah. it's always about, you know, and it, I mean, but that that on on a less than superficial la- level is the conversation that artists need to have. They need to be, you know, and, and especially now in this day, if your art is all that you say that it is, or that you believe in it, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you can chance the rapper the shit, right? Oh, absolutely. You can, you. I mean, you can internet the shit. You right. can, you can. 
I mean, you can do whatever. You can put your stuff out there in a manner. You can stream it yourself. I mean, um, I have a I have a cousin who did an album himself, and he didn't have a label, but it's on Spotify. Right. So right. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. you you can, oh yeah, your cousin that uh, yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So and you yes. can follow you him. can yes. you can follow him in his time. Yeah yes. yeah yeah. And you know, shout out Rashad Choice. Yeah. So you know, y'all can <laughs> y'all right. can check him out. Y'all can check him out. But um um, but you know. So the business of the music is, you know, and the and the, you know, I guess the the frightening thing about, or well, not frightening necessarily, but the whole thing is, is that it's usually some young ghetto kids who just they're looking Wanna for get a way on. out, and then you know the mm-hmm. the the pictures of the gold chains and you know uh, shopping at whatever uh, changes your perspective on if I can get it now then. You know what am I waiting on? So, but anyway, Ocho but I mean I, that, that I mean to me that's kind of like okay, we can have a part one and a part two, or uh, we can see this whole record label conversation to, through a couple of different lenses, creativity or the, business side, right, of it. right. Yeah. So we, you know, none of us are artists, so I think Anymore. we talk. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out to the future. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna have a band one day. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But we I mean, without being without being artists right now, a lot of us cannot speak to that whole thing. We can only like be on the outside looking in. Sure. So let's talk about the you know, let's talk about the influential music that came out of the specific labels. And Mike, you got you got Blue Note listed here, which to me, I have an art one artist that I want to talk about on that one. But you go go ahead. Uh Blue Note is one of the major jazz labels. Uh uh, from uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, and, and Blue Note is still in uh, in existence today. I don't know who's. Uh, I I I. Uh, I tell you one important artist that they've re- released in the recent past, and that's Liz Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. that's a she's a phenomenal artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and for her to be out there and 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 to have the the level of notoriety and be the artist that she is who's not she's not a uh she's not the cookie cutter version of what you would say is you know this is our uh you know femme fatale uh jazz uh you know torch singer type of uh of artist that we would put out there you know she's a a a very beautiful sister with natural that's just kind of like I'm here. I'm not necessarily singing these old blues or uh, old jazz standards. I'm singing my own original song and doing it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And has has to me, I think she's thrived on that label. I think she's a really, really important artist. Yeah, um, I feel that way about that. She is kind of a throwback to Cassandra Wilson. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. kind of my favorite artist from uh, those blue lo- those blue note days. That. Uh, she did a couple of uh, pivotal albums on Blue Note, uh, New Moon Daughter, and uh, oh God, what was the name of that other album? It was the one right after that one, New Moon Daughter, New Moon Daughter. Oh, uh, Blue Light Till Dawn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I okay. think she won Grammys for both of those, and okay. they were both on. Uh, they were that the, those albums were kind of a, a departure from. 
Uh, no, they, I won't call it a departure. They were jazz albums, but they weren't standard albums. Right, they right. were kind of this ambient soul R&B jazz records. They were real cool. Um, uh, Which is kind of like, uh, I, you know, your list here it was an education for me. Yeah, Marle- Marlena, Marlena Shaw. Shaw. Did you I check that out? Who is this bitch anyway? Who is this bitch anyway? So I went yeah. and listened to this album. And I was like, okay, first, first of all, <laughs> she has an intro on this album that rivals uh, Ice Cube, Death yeah. Certificate, yeah. Kim and Cookie on uh, Outcast. I mean, she 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 went in on this outro. I mean, it is a production. You you <laughs> must if you have never heard Marlena Shaw, and she is still alive and today. And the album is called "Who Is This Bitch Anyway." <laughs> If you have never heard this, <laughs> it is a must. It is on ti- it is on title. You can you can catch it on title. Oh man. You can catch it on YouTube, but that's a must listen. That, that's a must I listen. I mean, it was I mean, um um yeah, I, I you know, she went <laughs> she went from the gutter to gospel on this album and it was just like incredible like I was like, "Whoa!" What is going on here? And the reason that I even, I mean, I was just kind of going, doing the research. I just kind of ran across her name and I was like, who is Marlena Shaw? I don't think I've heard of her before. And that was the first album that popped up. Who is this bitch anyway? And I was like, whoa. Now, speaking of Torch Singers, that's a Torch Singer. Right, 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 right. And it was, uh, it's, it's an incredible, uh, it's, it's an incredible uh, record, actually, because she has this big, you know, this kind of, uh, big uh, torch song voice. And she really just, does, and it's just like now I know why anybody would have recorded it. And in fact, the thing that was weird to be—I mean, while I was listening to it, I was like, you know, did she ever know Ray Charles? And they should have been to me. That would have been like yeah. the perfect combination mm-hmm. of Marlena Shaw and and Ray Charles. But you know, that was. That was uh Yeah, we we need to link cool to her stuff. album in our show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to yeah. link to that just we, so you know, anybody we just wanted to post uh post her <laughs> some something from her yeah. on, uh, on that was, she's yeah, 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 she sure. was phenomenal. Yeah. But it kind of speaks to this whole blue note as an important label because mm-hmm. and I think it's noteworthy that we're talking about I mean, you got a list of male artists on here, but the ones that we're talking about are female artists. So yes, yes. so I mean and I think there's been talk of or she may already be. Is Nina Baker on Blue Note now? I, I know there was talk of know. her doing a Blue Note album. So I know that she's would, that would done. Be a good and she, she said she, she said she, she was did done. some jazz albums. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she did so a jazz was, album. Yeah. Maybe what it was on Blue Note that, that last that last album. One? No, it wasn't compositions. Uh, but maybe that last note, uh, the last album was on Blue yeah. Note. I just don't remember if it was or not. It was a it was a jazz album, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 well, let's go down your list because I want to make sure we hit your everything on your list because these are some really important. So, especially the, this Columbia with my man Wes Montgomery on here, man. Columbia, Ooh. Columbia is you know of course the oldest record label and it's right. probably one of the it's one of the bigger record labels. So you can almost find, you can definitely find Columbia is one of those things that ha- one of those labels that has become a conglomerate. So Columbia just ate up a bunch of imprints mm-hmm. and, you know, and whether they decided to keep the imprint or not, you know, they, they, they I mean, an a, a, a label as old as Columbia, of course, is going to encompass a lot of important jazz musicians right. because jazz really is the only 
only uh, genre that's been out genre there. that only original genre that's been created on this on 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 U.S. soil. Right. So you know, the older the label, more than likely it's going to have some some important jazz figures on it. And it's going to spawn out a whole lot of other people. But West Montgomery, I think uh, George Benson was you know oh, he's very him much influenced there, by him. Yeah. George Benson came from on that out on on that label as well. So I mean, you can go Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. Uh, Miles Davis has been on Columbia. I mean, mm. you know, it's just. Uh, uh, I mean, going down the list of Columbia artists would be just. It would take the next hour to just list them out. You know, right, uh, right, and that would just be the first half of the century. <laughs> you know, right. it's just yeah. you know, it's it's it's. Uh, they were. Uh, uh, so you know, I tried to shy away from like Columbia, uh, because Columbia was uh, uh, a juggernaut. Right. So right, I just right. kind of tried to shy away from them. Uh, but uh, you know, you got smaller lo- labels like uh, CTI, uh, which was called, uh, which is Creed Taylor Incorporated, and CTI is an important label because they basically took over what was the West Coast cool jazz. They specialized in that whole thing, the Ron Carter's on bass and Freddie oh, Hubbard. I was listening to, yeah. uh, I was looking at your list wrong. Then I was putting Herbie Hancock under Columbia. He was. He has on, been. On, he's been on Columbia. He has been on Columbia. Oh, but he's on CTI. CTI yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. So okay. those were uh, and and that's when he was doing like the rocket thing and all that back then. What when Herbie on Hancock? CTI? Uh-huh. No, CTI was more. Uh, that cool jazz period where you were doing the Bob uh, James thing. Bob, yeah. yeah, it's kind of that uh, uh, late '60s, mm-hmm. early '70s kind okay. of thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, Stanley yeah, Turrentine, Sugar, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. So, and then of course, you know, George Benson is, you know, he came from that bebop thing to becoming like a cool jazz mm-hmm. musician. Mm-hmm. And it probably, you know, you could probably make an argument from CTI that it kind of uh, is. Uh, uh, kind of the uh, foundation, uh, for a lot definitely of root for where a lot of the smooth the jazz, jazz okay. that yeah. period yeah. came yeah. from yeah. because uh, they also, you know, they had, uh, 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 you know, just Freddie Hubbard, uh, Red Door. A lot of CTI stuff has been sampled in hip hop. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. you can, you, you probably can run down the list of CTI albums and you probably wouldn't find many of them that haven't been touched by or you know haven't been touched by some hip hop producer okay. Yeah. Okay. so they you know a lot of what we heard in uh, 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 the golden era of hip hop where they use a lot of jazz samples then CTI is going to be uh, part of that and so you know of course Motown the, the history of Motown is going to spawn uh, a lot of record labels because you know Mo- Motown was basically first, right? Basically first of how to curate, uh, uh, and then a lot of imprints. And then came you got out a of lot them. of imprints from that, and then you have a lot of uh, uh, other record labels. But one of the things that uh, I, the, one of the other record labels that uh, we probably mentioned before was Chess Records. I was just about to say that, <laughs> and so they had yeah. a great. Uh, documentary, docudrama, doc, whatever you call it, movie, mm-hmm. biopic. That's what go. we're looking for for uh, Chess Records, which was uh, founded in Chicago in the 50s. And uh, uh, 
one of the more important uh, musicians that came out of that period. Uh, they kind of specialized in blues then, uh, mostly blues, really. <laughs> what blues? What 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 R and B came from? Oh, this was the Cadillac Records. That's yeah, Cadillac yeah, Records. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That right, was right. Cadillac okay. Records. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Records. This is yeah. one where Beyonce was talking about. Why are you looking at me like I got ain't got no panties on? <laughs> that would be the second <laughs> yeah. time that's been referenced. Then. <laughs> End up those on that Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> Jay-Z coming after your ass in a minute. Because you keep talking about Beyonce and not having all the panties. In. But anyway, that... Uh, <laughs> that but, you know, that was back to that movie just told you when we were talking about business. Exactly. You yeah, know how... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. exactly. So, you know, uh, you know, Money Waters. I think one of the, uh, one of the uh, pivotal scenes in that movie is when Muddy Waters was telling uh, 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 the owner of uh, the of the uh, record label I can't think of his name when they was at his house all of a sudden yeah blue and he said you know my wife wants a house and he said okay I'll take care of it or no he asked him for his royalties Where did the royalties from Uchi Coochie Man come in and he went like you already got those royalties he says when he said the Cadillacs aren't free you know, so I was just like, oh. Okay. And then, but you know what? That was the the moral of that part in that movie was when he said, "I didn't buy that. He bought that." Talking about Chuck Berry bought that because mm-hmm. Chuck Berry was about his money mm-hmm. from day one stepping in the door. He's like, "Oh no, I sleep in uh, in my car." Yeah. <laughs> Before I let y'all pay for me a hotel mm-hmm. and eat out a brown paper bag, but go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, that's an that's an important label. That's it, a very important. It, it label. is an important label uh, because uh, Willie Dixon, the in-house producer at uh, uh, Chess Records, wound up suing like Def Leppard or somebody like that, and ended up getting like a million dollars. He said that too. Yeah, he ended up mm-hmm. getting quite a bit of money from from how they borrowed. Mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the music that uh, mm-hmm. they created, so uh, uh, some of the uh, 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 Chess Records is uh, defunct now, but uh, but their uh, catalog is managed by uh, what's it Universal and uh, Geffen, Geffen and Records. Yeah, that's yeah. the way of saying here. But uh, uh, so the so we think about the important artists that came off of that in Muddy Waters. Uh, Lil Walter, Etta James, Howlin' Wolf, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry, Buddy Guy. That right there is the foundation of the transition from blues to rhythm and blues. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's why Chess Records is such, such, such an important uh, uh, label because they are one of those labels that curated artists and Mm -hmm. curated a sound and curated a genre. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, you know, we can go on and on about how many different record labels. I mean, there are millions. We could start a record label today. We could yeah. say, you know, we could say we are a record label right now and it'll be, you know, ready to go. But uh, the recently, recently I uh, uh, I was listening to uh, uh, another podcast and caught an interview with Charlie Wilson. And uh, he was talking about uh, him being a uh, uh, him basically being the 
A&R person for uh, Total Experience Radio. <laughs> yeah. Total Experience, uh, the record label Total Experience. Uh-huh. And I, I had just, and I remember Gap Band 3, uh, Burn Rubber. Remember all uh, mm-hmm, the Burn mm-hmm, Rubber mm-hmm. song? That was the first album by the Gap Band that I was aware of. So that album came out in probably uh, 1980, somewhere mm-hmm, along yeah. in there. Uh, elementary uh, school. Yeah, it was somewhere along in there, mm-hmm. 1980, when that album came out. And he was like, yeah, I signed everybody to Total Experience Records. You know, it was uh, uh, founded by Lonnie Simmons. But he was saying that, you know, I would... And so why why it was interesting or important to me to remember that whole Total Experience thing is because uh, one of the first artists on Total Experience was Yarbrough and Peoples. Mm-hmm. Yarbrough and Peoples from Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. Texas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he found them, he found them in a club in Dallas, Texas. Okay. He said he was happy to, he was, he, they had done a show or he was doing something. And that's the part they didn't say it on song. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't say they were from Dallas. No, no, that Charlie Wilson saw them and found them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah didn't say Charlie that Wilson no walked into a club. He said he walked into a club. He heard them playing, and he rolled over to. A, he got on the phone and called Lonnie Simpson and said, "You need to come sign these people right now." And he was like, "Well, what do you sound like?" He said, "I don't have time to talk to you about that. You either gonna sign them or you don't." And so he signed Yarbrough and Peoples. The other pivotal group that was on Total Experience was Switch. Switch. Yeah, I'm checking that out. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't, I. The first, I would have guessed really, Motown. Really, the first iteration of DeBarge. Yeah, yeah. Right. I would have guessed Motown because DeBarge was on Motown. Right, right, right. And so, if you had asked me what record label Switch was on, that would have been. I would have said that. I would have said they were probably mm-hmm. on Motown, mm-hmm. but they, they, and maybe they did do records for Motown, but. Uh, I've never heard of Total Experience. That's that's a new. Yeah, I, never I mean, but you that. know, they don't. They didn't have a yeah, whole they didn't bunch have a big super artist. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but Billy but, Paul was a uh, he was tight. Though. Yeah, and, he uh, came <laughs> to my grandmother's house at Monroe, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. sounds like a whole story. Uh, yeah, that tell we us don't this obscure <laughs> story <laughs> that you want to call me. That's not like a whole story. But what I what I saw, it, I was like, like we ought to do a show on Billy Paul. Man, anyway, all I want to know, all I want to know is Philadelphia International. That's all I want you to talk about for me, man, because Philadelphia International. They really are a pivotal label. I mean, that there was uh, Phyllis Hyman is just my woman. But, you know, that's the that's the Philly sound, you know, that I mean, P.I.R. to Philadelphia was what Motown was to Detroit. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. Uh, that whole, you know, the whole soul sound, that hardcore, guttural soul singing right. that yeah, is the yeah. Philly sound, they were curated by Philadelphia International. And then you got to remember Gamble and Huff, oh. the 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 produced songwriting sure, team of Gamble and Huff mm-hmm. were just, you know, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it, they made the OJs who can, they are today. That is one of those things where you could land, you could line up. We could we could we could sit here and line up every song that they produced and take up a show, right. and they'd all be hits. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, and it, they even took iconic artists from other labels and applied their sound to them, like the Jacksons. The let that's me, what let me show me. you the way to go. Yeah, that and, was shocked uh, me right there. Yourself. Show you way to go is like a hit. I mean, you know, that's like one of those classics that, and then, yeah, and, uh, and it's enjoy such a, yourself. It's yeah. such a Philly sound type of song. Yeah, it's such yeah. A, yeah. The Jacksons know, a did a couple of albums with, with, uh, 
And and actually, part of the reasons that the Jacksons went to Philadelphia International was because uh, Philadelphia International allowed them to produce and write. Ah, uh, okay. So that okay. was part of the reason that they 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 tried to. to That's what that was. Some of the uh, let me show you the way to go with some of the really those were the nicest some of the nicest vocals that Mike ever did. To exactly. Me. Yeah, I really yeah. liked those vocals yeah. on mm-hmm. that because it was just kind of a. You could. It was just. It was just a good little Mike being an adult singing adult songs. I, mean, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. those are some good songs. I, I would agree with that. And then you know, we can talk. Uh, I mean, it's easy to talk about some of the uh, R and B labels, but uh, we need to talk about Uptown because Mary know, J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Well, we can talk about Uptown. I mean, you know, because she was. Pivotal, Mary J. Blige. Pivotal. Yeah, we could talk about uptown <laughs> artists of that reclaiming my time. <laughs> <laughs> reclaiming my time. <laughs> no, I give it to love you. or hate Mary. I give. It she to was you. a turning point for R and B music. Yes. I give it to you. She was a turning point. I just want to. You know, can Mike. say before and after Mary, and 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 the the artists that came out before her and the artists came out after her were different from one another because she was a game changer. Agreed. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with who? Mary. What's wrong with her? Nothing, man. Nothing. I, I like Mary. Is it some personal? Not, no. So here's the thing. Because <laughs> Mary, Mary, here, here's Mary's issue. Mary is not the consummate singer. She's not Whitney Houston. And Mary's production is not consistent. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be honest. Okay, the, but the, I'm a Mary J. Blige fan. Uh, what's the four one one and my life are 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 masterpiece albums. What's the four one one? Just because of the integration of hip hop uh, and R and B, and my life because of the f- way they use samples in my life is a blueprint for how you sample in R and B hip hop music. I mean, just uh, I'm just gonna put it out there and just say that thou, those are two phenomenal albums. So we can now never. everything after that we can kind of we can kind of piecemeal and say that was a good Mary song, that was a good Mary song. These are some good Mary cuts right here. This is a good period for Mary. But those two albums, don't talk about Mary with that. Don't 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 come here <laughs> with none of. <laughs> Gone, gone out to that woodshed somewhere talking about Mary right, so, on the first two albums. So, <laughs> uh, Mike, I'm a fan of Uptown <laughs> Records uh, I'm just, because no, no, I'm gonna, no, I'm a, I'm gonna give him his due. I'm gonna give him because yeah, yeah, yeah. he made he made a valid valid <laughs> argument. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he made he made a valid argument. Uh, <laughs> Uptown Records for me means New Jack Swing. So, a lot of the New Jack Swing and the hip hop soul, I got you. I'm, uptown, and boy. they did have a little band called Jodeci. I'll give them that too. They can have. They can I'll be sure. <laughs> I'll be sure. They can, you know, okay. Right. The boys, you know. So anyway, no, he, I he makes a valid point. Uptown Records is important because of Mary J. Blige. I won't. I you know I won't front with that. That that was that was uh, Puffy, Andre Harrell. That was an awesome thing that they were able to. They changed the genre. So, so they, I want to talk about. I want to talk about one more label before we wrap it up. Or let me. I don't know. Y'all can. We're gonna talk up. about a couple labels. But let's talk about. Let's talk about Hidden Beach, and specifically, let's talk about Darius Rucker. 
Let's stop. Let's 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 pull back first. Let's talk okay. about Hidden Beach being what Hidden Beach is, and that is one of the architects of the the neo soul period. Okay, All right. definitely. So one of the queens of neo soul, Jill Scott. Absolutely. Right on. Uh, who is Jill Scott is one of the pivotal albums absolutely. with regard to new absolutely. what we call now neo soul. It is it is up there with. Uh, 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 Mama Badu, not Mama's Gun, but the uh, the uh, Baduism. Baduism. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, So I I I agree with that. Start to finish. I think there are no throwaways on there, her there, first. There, there are no weak cuts. Album. There, there are no weak cuts on that album. It is just, but yeah, it's a masterpiece. I do think that they took an awesome chance, and there are awesome records on Hidden Beach by Darius Rucker. And if you don't know who Darius Rucker is, he is Hootie of Hootie and the Blowfish. But he could, I mean, he could sing back then. He was really, it he was, was really an interesting, it was really an interesting album. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if we could find maybe 50 people who've heard it. I don't Here, know. Here's where I but think. It's a, here, to me, here, it was an interesting album. Here's I where I it. think they went wrong with that album. Here's where I think they went wrong with that album. They tried to make an R&B Neo Soul album mm. with Darius Rucker mm. when they should have just made a soul record with him. Nah, that's an excellent point. They should have just made because they, they should have just made a, a straight soul. They should have just made an old school OJ's. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had that's been A R with Hidden Beach Records and they said we're gonna sign Darius Rucker and they came in there with them those songs that they came in there with, I would say take them all back, take them all back. I want a soul record. I, because, that's what I would have done because it seems like that's it, that's really what he wanted to do. Because even when you listen to his country stuff now, it's, it's very it's soulful. soulful. It's very soulful. Mm-hmm. It's extremely soulful music. So I mean, it's like he wanted. I'm I'm sure you know that's kind of to me. It's a good. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is to talk about you know how the label doesn't always get it right. Right. They right. don't always. And which which is part of the reason we even came up with the idea for this show is because we were talking about I was talking I was listening to some other podcast I can't remember which one it was but we were talking and they were talking to this producer about these records what were we talking about Ma? but anyway it came up was I came it? to my mind it came to my mind that I don't think I could ever do A and R and it's because. If I was doing A and R, it was Jimmy Jam on the Quest Jimmy Love. Jam, yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Well, it was Jimmy Jam uh-huh. on that Quest Love, and I'm listening to him do, you know, having conversations about these records and how they came up with the records and what the idea was behind certain records. And I kept going. I would have never thought about that in in the sense of uh, putting out a record for the time that would make uh, impact. So I had heard. You know, and and when you think about it, especially nowadays, that I, I really pay attention to it mostly now because, um, in our era of hip hop, the golden era of hip hop, <laughs> everything okay. was wait, hold on, everything everything was different. I agree uh, with I everything agree with was everything different. You saying you you your the West Coast rap was different from the South Coast. A South rap was different from the East Coast. You could listen to. 10 records on in hip hop and none of them would be the same. That is not true today. Right. That is absolutely not so the truth DJ today. So DJ Quick versus uh EPMD versus 
Eight Ball and MJG. Yeah. Three. I mean, just, so the golden era of hip hop. The thing that was beautiful about the golden, the the thing that we find most nostalgic about the golden era of hip hop is that it was uh, varied. It was it was a cornucopia of right. beats. Right now, everything is auto tuned and it's all the same beat. It's all in the same. It's everybody, all the same. Everybody sipping on syrup. Yeah, it's all the same <laughs> shit. You can you can play one song after another, and you never anybody could DJ. And commas and commas and commas. And commas. Let's not yeah. let's not let's not make blanket statements. But that's the lion's share of what's out. That's there. the lion's share. That's what's out. That there. is okay. the lion's share. So of what's out there. that 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 was the beautiful thing about. Uh, the golden era of yes. hip hop. Yes, I agree. So I was saying, in saying that, I was saying that me being an A and R person for a record company would be really, really difficult because I would be looking for the thing that was beautiful about the the artist the, the art. self, mm-hmm. yeah, not yeah. not how they would sell in yeah, the market. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That wouldn't be my thing. That wouldn't be good for me. But I disagree that that would make you a bad A and R person. What would make you a bad A and R person is if you had expectations that weren't realistic. Like, if we had a record label and we weren't trying to get rich today, like if we were like willing to like, okay, let's 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 have a label, and the level of profits that we want to have are the level of profits that are going to allow us to maintain the lifestyle that we have now. Okay, right. So, what right, would make right. me a bad A and R person? You know, I, okay, sense. I wouldn't be a bad A and R person. I'd be a broke A and R person. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, even, I'm just saying. For me, that's what would happen. Today's I age. Money. Today's age. I think there is enough technology that would allow you to find an audience where you could eat and feed your family. Now, okay, you would not have. Uh, you know, okay. estates and stuff like I would, that. But. I would be an unemployed A&R person because no record label <laughs> okay, would I'm, hire yeah. me for thinking like that. But anyway. No, I that's why you have right. your own record label. Right, so right, 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 like right, right, right. But, you know, but we would be remiss being who we are, <laughs> being being the age we are, to be talking about record labels and not talk about hip-hop labels. Oh, okay, yeah. so right. we talked about Uptown, but, of course, the most pivotal Hip hop label that everybody knew knows, and that was always a part of our growing is Def Jam. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know, uh, LL, first man signed. To Def I Jam. mean, uh, today radio is uh, one of the most classic, one of the most pivotal hip hop records in history. I would say, can't live without my radio. I, I mean I like to Uncle me Aaron. all of the all of the hip hop labels are are have equal importance to me like like I like I like Rockus I like Tommy Boy I because of what you were saying earlier because at during the golden age of hip hop there was no one hip hop sound so you had you had uh, you know Talib and Most Def uh, and the DJ coming out with that album what do we what's that name of that album. Black Star. Black Star. Mm-hmm. On uh were they on Rockus? Rockus. They were on Rockus. And, you know, I, I mean, and that was a phenomenal album. Uh cons- probably considered one of the classics of hip hop. And then you but have But that was beyond but even that was even beyond the golden era. So Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. So you're just talking about a specific the <laughs> beginning really, of it all. Not really. I'm just saying I, I think you make a valid point. Uh uh Rockus. There's a there's a line in uh the movie uh brown sugar 
where uh good movie yeah where he was uh the 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 owner of the label was in the room having an argument with his A&R person and his A&R person was like you know why are you signing these clowns and I need real hip hop I got I got right. I got a real hip hop team and he said he said um he said uh if you want to keep it real you take that shit over to rockers we keep it profitable. Yeah, he sure did say and that. And so that was yeah. that's yeah. that's sure kind of my that. whole thing yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. See, that would have been me. I would have been, you know, like, look, you love music, you got a good ear, but you got you can't make but it profitable. But here's my point: Rockus <laughs> is still a label today, and somebody is still there. They still have people there who are eating because of Rockus. Okay, because you can be a hip hop artist and you can tour. And you don't have to be gold or platinum or whatever the measurement is today to make a living as a rapper. And you can put out records and you can be on a label and you can own that label and still make money. Or you can crowdfund a record like De, De La Soul. Uh, you know. Which which Tommy Boy Records is what came because uh, uh, Pasta News rhymes in one of the songs. He says, I was a jerk that got dicked by Tom and his boys. And that was the last album they did for Tommy Boy <laughs> Records. So, you know, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, he got they hit. They, they had a problem over there. Whatever that. was going on at Tommy yeah. Boy, they had a problem over there. But Tommy Boy also signed uh, Heather Hunter, so uh, the porn star. Uh, <laughs> Not the porn star. Yeah, I'd say they signed. They signed. Wow. Uh, but, you know, we have to think about, like, uh, uh, one of the other pivotal. Only Michael. Yeah. Well, you was the one talking about the power. <laughs> I just say porn. That had nothing to do with porn, though. Shut up. <laughs> so and let's, let's, and then and then let's uh, stay on top. Another pivotal rap label was Priority. Yes. Priority was a pivotal, pivotal rap label because they they encompassed they distributed the major rap labels of the day. They distributed Death Row. They distributed Who Bang and they distributed uh, uh, No Limit. Rap a lot, rockers. rockers Isn't that MC Light's label though? Who? That's what I think about when I think about priority. Wasn't that MC Light? I don't. I no, that was, was uh, pri- what's the name was on uh, uh, Run DMC was on priority. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought it was an MC yeah, Light. Yeah. yeah, so that that. Uh, but they, yes, have, they were a pivotal yeah. because of what they were able to. Uh, 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 them as a distro, them as a distributor made them uh, uh, a big deal and then you know uh one of the other other labels uh we didn't get to talk about because we you know we gotta we gotta get into wrapping up is uh uh solar uh yeah. sounds of los angeles yes yeah yeah that's and, a good album yeah that's and, a very good and album. most of the reason mm-hmm. that i think very good they label. were a, a great label is because uh, they had the in-house producing of leon silvers they had uh uh, they were the first label to. I mean, they were the in-house producers for uh, were uh, Face, mm-hmm. uh, which led to LaFace Records, Lefe- which led which, to LaFace, yeah. which is you know basically with uh, L.A. Reid, the head of you know the, the, the label. company. He's been he's been the head of a lot of other things. <laughs> right, but, right, right. You know, we can go on and on about record labels. But you know, uh, when you talk about LaFace, though, man, they were about the music in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, I but agree. no. But they, even even about. conversations I've heard about uh, uh, 
I've heard I've heard interviews with Babyface, mm-hmm. and then you know um, they they wanted the music to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the common misconception with a lot of uh, uh, non musicians or people who want to keep it real is that we think sometimes that creatives don't want to sell you know like it's not that important to them right you know like i just want to put my music out there and blah 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 blah. but you know and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with wanting to sell i mean you know why put it why put if you didn't want it you know to sell why put it on the record you can play in a club all day long so you know we could talk about all the pivotal uh record labels and we could go on and on uh we want to mention some things like uh bad boy uh be remiss in mentioning things like aftermath and i think this would would also be a good opportunity for us to get back with our facebook people and just ask them uh, are there some labels that they thought were pivotal and why they thought they were pivotal and they can add to the joint discussion that we have on this particular podcast absolutely and then you know i want to shout out taboo records and I'll shout out Paisley Park Records. Paisley Park? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. Paisley Park. We had a whole conversation about record labels, and nobody brought up Prince. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm it still, hurts, I'm hurts me. Yeah, man. I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm you just don't understand. That. Yeah, that was, that's you, well, you understand. I understand. But I will be going to Paisley Park uh, very soon. That's Wouldn't cool. that be a dream podcast if to uh, do, do a show, right do a at show Paisley in Paisley Park? Park? Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But you know they don't. They do not allow cameras, <laughs> and so you can imagine. But you know what? We can set up shop right in the front, <laughs> across the street. Yeah, we can have us a camera. There's Paisley right. Park Records. Right. Or we can yeah. just tell people we in front of Paisley Park Records now. I mean, yeah. they, they ain't <laughs> we're in front of, right here today in front of Paisley Park Records. We want to talk about record labels, right. but anyway. Yeah. But hey, fellas, it's been good. Good show. A good Appreciate show. We it. had a good time, and uh, 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 you know, we'll we'll leave it to uh, our Facebook followers. Put on, you know, when when just comment. Tell us what uh, record labels that you think of when you think of a record label or greatness when you think of a good record label. And uh, uh, until then, peace. Peace. Just make sure you all listen to us and rate us and subscribe to us on Google Play Music, iTunes, SoundCloud. Check out, check us out on Facebook as well, where or wherever you may listen to your favorite podcast. Until the next time, peace.